Hello and welcome. You are listening to It's Always Saturn, the podcast from Raven Rabbit Ram. I am Christina Lindell. I am your host. And on today's episode, we have the amazing Tyler Chick. Tyler is an improv comedian. They are a musician. They are an actor. She is a sketch writer, a filmmaker, so many things. Oh, also a poet. So definitely check them out. You can find them all over the place. Live shows, readings, etc. in the Harrisburg area. You can find their music, find archives of their VidJam films. We'll put a lot of links in the show notes and you can check them out. If you want to see them live, Rockstar Goes Supernova is an amazing, amazing improv show. That will be held this month at 9 p.m. on Saturday, the 21st. I recommend getting there early because, for one, there are some great performers ahead of Rockstar, and for two, it's always a packed show. They are actually what first interested me in improv when I happened to walk into the theater one night many years ago. It's also a great night to go get your life together because all planets go direct on the 21st, which might not mean a lot to you. But if you have been feeling like Mercury or Mars retrograde or all the other retrogrades matter to you, then here is your chance to just jumpstart the year and the Lunar New Year, Year of the Rabbit. Hello, Raven Rabbit Ram. We're into it. Year of the Rabbit starts the next day. So planets go direct. New Year starts Let's do this. Let's let's just move on with our lives and, and get, get some momentum going. Honestly, I could use it because this podcast has been the hardest episode I've had to put out in forever, which is, is wild because Tyler is a delight to talk to. We rescheduled the initial interview. I don't even know how many times. There were sicknesses. There were just schedule conflicts. There were a lot of reschedules. And then when we had completed the interview... I ran into a number of snafus, including getting stranded in another state while my laptop with the interview on it was in Pennsylvania and getting sick where I felt like I couldn't record the intro, which in the future, I'm just going to put the, if you ever hear an episode of this podcast with no intro, I'm probably sick and just said, fuck it. You know what? I, I'm going to just put this interview out anyway. I suppose that's a good time to mention that we are going to be switching to one episode per month from here on out, or at least giving it a shot starting for 2023. I have been finding that it takes up a whole lot of time, as one might expect, but it's not going to be. But the exciting thing is I will also be doing a podcast with Megan, who was in our last episode, my business partner. We will be doing a buddy cop podcast where we talk about woo-woo things and business and marketing and all kinds of fun stuff and interview some really cool people. So I will link to that when it's out. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Throughout the episode, we talk about a few things that I want to highlight if you're listening. Uh, One, Tyler talks about collaboration and how awesome collaboration is. I completely agree with her. I believe that because of all the difficulty that we have had in the past trying to get together for something, it must mean that when Tyler and I do finally get together and collaborate, it's going to make something earth-shatteringly awesome. In any case, if you're out there and you want to collaborate, hit someone up. Hit me up. Hit Tyler up. I would love to feature you in Raven Rabbit Ram. We are always looking for new artists, poets, 
filmmakers, musicians, whatever you are, send us your stuff. We can review it. We can publish it. We can do whatever. We'll see what what fits. We also do live shows when the opportunity becomes available. We have an OK Zoomers event coming up soon on the 23rd. That is next Monday with the indomitable Anthony Mole, a poet from Baltimore, and Rick Kearns, the Harrisburg Poet Laureate. And of course, two amazing poets from Philadelphia and the Mad Poet Society who are always just a delight to work with and a delight to see. So you can find the link to register for that on Instagram and on our website, ravenrabbitram.com. We would love to see you there. Additionally, we talk about patrons and how nice it would be if it were like the renaissance when just a rich person comes and says like here I'll pay for your lifestyle you just make your beautiful art and make the world a more beautiful and enjoyable place and we would both love that so if any rich person happens across this and says you know what I can take this musician to the next level or I would love to foot your bill to just live your life like this all the time please feel free to hit us up. But more realistically, if you are a regular person, if you want to help cover the cost of producing this podcast, please feel free to hit up our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. So yeah, I think that covers most things. Please check out the show notes to find links to all of Tyler's stuff. And thanks for listening. Oh my gosh. Also, I know I forgot to ask the key question. Oh, and also if you do nothing else, just fast forward to the end of this episode and listen to the amazing song by Same Each. Please do. Now for real. It's always Saturn. It is always Saturn. Okay. Enjoy. Hi. Hi. This is Tyler Chick. My name is Tyler. My pronouns are they, them, or she, her. I write and improvise music under the name Same Each. And I've I guess I've started to just kind of use that name as a catch-all for everything that's not under some other name. And I perform at the Harrisburg Improv Theater, and I, I'm kind of a generalist writer-performer, I guess. That's awesome. <laughs> so I first met you in the context of music a long time ago, and then re-met mm-hmm. you in the context of improv. but. What initially drew me to your work in terms of Raven Rabbit Ram was your poetry, which I saw on Instagram, but I love your poetry. And you were one of the featured readers at Elementary Coffee. One thing that I always think about between poetry and music for people who do both is like when, I don't know, just thinking about the the writing process, whether you start thinking of words and just how the approach goes whether you know this is going to be a poem or this is going to be a song or if there's just like whole different worlds altogether mm. uh for me they're pretty different there have been a couple times when from like the same like raw material i created a song and a poem but i kind of felt like it didn't the poem to me wasn't that satisfying. I've kind of felt like I was like, not cheating, but like, like, I don't even think, I don't think there was anything else there, but I like tried to make another piece out of the same raw material <laughs> anyway. And it's like not one of my favorite things I've written really, but like, I think the parts that I liked about it were already in the song. So I think in almost every case, it's like, 
I know from the beginning what I'm what it's for. Like I'm writing it for a purpose from the beginning. I don't do a lot of like free writing where I like don't know what it's going to be. Okay. Which is kind of maybe a problem, but um, <laughs> I feel because like I think people that are more prolific are like people that are always writing something, and I feel like I'm I'm like I'm sitting down to write a song, or like I'm you know I need a new song, so I'm going to write a song now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's probably a good skill to have to be able to have that kind of focus where you can say this is what I'm doing now and do it. Maybe, but I'm not like necessarily very prolific, so. I I think that's like the trade-off is like people that know how to write every day because they just write and I have to like create a reason to make things sometimes, <laughs> which doesn't happen every day. So it's like, I'd feel like I'm not as prolific as other people, but. Yeah. I think that about improv all the time because like you just kind of sum up, oh, I do improv as a thing, but like in reality you're creating so much stuff it's just ephemeral oh yeah we could talk about improv the whole time probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so, like there's a lot going on there yeah that's actually like very prolific it's just that it's only there oh. for that moment okay i didn't think about it that way but you're i guess you're right yeah don't sell if yourself could, like... short you're hella prolific <laughs> i want to like train my brain so that like the parts of me that improvise that I can like just write in that way in that like letting go and letting your muscle memory take over away. Mm -hmm. But it, sometimes it just feels like it's a different part of my brain. And maybe that's why I'm trying to like improvise songs in my written shows sometimes. Cause I, I'm trying to like connect those pieces, but I don't know. I haven't broke the code yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you find that improvising music and improvising comedy, I I would know this. I'm, my plan is to take your class the next time it's offered because I really want to learn musical improv. But Ooh. are they coming from the same sort of headspace? No. I think in the sense of like something I tell like musical improv students, and I think it applies to a lot of things is like, you have more inside you than you realize you do. Like you've internalized so much stuff, whether that's songs from the radio or poems you've read or books you've read, like everyone, you know, finds their own voice eventually. But like before that you're like imitating people. And I feel like improv is like, once you build that skill set, you're really just like synthesizing everything around you and it's just going to come out in whatever way it comes out people are like i don't know music but they've been listening to songs on the radio their whole life and they've been singing their whole life to the radio or whatever it is to you know to their headphones and so like they know what it feels like when the chorus of a song is about to start and like or like when it comes back around again after the next verse like they we all have that in our body we just don't like no one's given us permission to just let go and like know that stuff mm -hmm. so like i think that's the same in like all kinds of writing is like it's just get it doing it enough that you can get to the point where your free writing or your improvising is like more of a f like closer to a finished product because you just like practiced letting it 
come out of you. I don't know if this makes sense. Yeah, no, that that does the muscle memory. Yeah, yeah, that's like like the Suzuki method of learning music is like oh yeah when they teach kids because it's like modeled after language acquisition because like you mm. learn to speak and stuff like you pick up all the rules of your language like years before you start reading and writing because you're listening to right. people speak all the time so like I, they do the same thing with music because it's hard to teach little kids i guess to to read notes but it's easy for them to understand yeah. what music is because they hear it so <laughs> so that makes right. sense that like it's like what you're saying is that it's in there because you've essentially been yeah. doing music acquisition your whole life yeah i never made that connection but i think i think i must be you know kind of taking that approach with people that like don't have a music background so they're worried they can't do it but i've seen it happen over and over so i'm always just like no you can do it trust me <laughs> you'll do it <laughs> you'll do it and i i think that's the same with like poetry because i didn't even i spent way more time not writing poetry than writing poetry and i like my early writing attempts at poetry were just like bad imitations but i think like writing other stuff and coming back to poetry sort of i'm just more confident in like my instincts now i guess with poetry so i other people are like hey that's i like that and i'm like oh well i guess i'll keep doing it i didn't really think of myself as a poet but uh, yeah maybe i'm just a general writer person i don't know <laughs> you're just a creator <laughs> which i hate that that the term creator feels like it's been kind of like co-opted into creating like internet mm. content not that there's anything wrong with internet content but i like I'm bad at it <laughs> <laughs> the imp i want to make videos and stuff and like have more people see stuff but i like the drive to do that is so low in me yeah well i think there's like such a giant gap between being an artist and being a promoter and like the idea that you kind of have to just constantly mm. generate stuff to get people to look at it instead of just generating the stuff is like hard right the people that succeed seem to be able to do both pretty pretty naturally yeah like not I, succeed but like the people that succeed at the internet like they yeah. can create and promote <laughs> in a, like a natural way where it's not like they would do that anyway you know yeah and that that can be frustrating but yeah i sometimes just want like a patron to come just yeah pay me to make stuff like old renaissance style patron like just <laughs> yeah flip my life in every biopic every biopic of every musician is like here is this crazy talent that no one noticed and then there was a businessman who noticed <laughs> and the businessman <laughs> made them rich and famous and it's like that wouldn't have happened if this manager guy hadn't showed up in the movie that's so true like, take them on the road like i think we need Maybe we shouldn't be able to do everything. Maybe like we just need to like make better connections with those kind of people that yeah. that like are interested in like building something. I don't Everyone know. needs a, a fairy capitalist, yeah. like a fairy yeah. godmother. <laughs> well, you've got your site. You're doing you're doing both. <laughs> 
true, but it does not generate any money. So, oh. so it can't really support support itself. Neither do I really. <laughs> that's capitalism values are in a weird way. <laughs> that's one thing that in my mind when I was like, all right, what am I gonna talk to Tyler about? I was like, definitely capitalism. But I feel like I steer <laughs> a lot of conversations that way because I'm always <laughs> always up in a fluff about it (laughs) it just naturally went there anyway do you think about audience much when you start creating something in that regard are you like oh this will be people would like this or do you just kind of make stuff more for yourself and then see what happens Mm, i probably think about the audience too much like it's maybe too primary a focus like i don't think i would write a song with the intention of no one hearing it. And mm-hmm. I know that there are people who are like that, but I think for me, the writing is often like the means to the performance, which is why I'm an improviser because it's, there's no middle step. Yeah. It's just performance, <laughs> but I've like come to learn to love writing too, but I am very much like writing it with the intention of it being in front of people in almost every case. <laughs> There's pros and cons to that, I think. That's kind of like with stand-up. I had like a very short-lived love affair with stand-up before I got really (laughs) sick of the idea that I was just going to like write and practice the same thing over and over. And I was like, I get to do other things when I do improv. I love that about improv. It's just like, you don't even have to procrastinate. Like you just straight up, I mean, you have to prepare by like, learning improv and and practicing from time to time but but like before a show you don't have to you know (laughs) you're just there you're just good to go you definitely have to practice and I and that's definitely something that I like kind of make myself do because I know that there's always more room in improv to like improve even if it's not like an individual improvement it's like team dynamics or like knowing one another Uh, well enough to like know how to communicate ideas on stage Mm -hmm. Um, that is the cool thing about improv is that it's like easy to pick up difficult to master type of thing Mm -hmm. but yeah like you're never like practicing a specific scene or like (laughs) preparing a specific story it's just like it's more like batting practice Mm -hmm. than like playing a, a game for practice yeah um but it all comes out on stage so yeah and then like the audience feedback is important but it's but it's real time it's like you don't go home Mm -hmm. and like edit what you did like you just you take notes (laughs) of like what was funny but you're not like how do I do that exact thing but better it's like what can I learn from this and apply to a whole new situation every time yeah when you when you when you're talking about a show, an improv show after the show, you're almost looking at like the, I almost said archetypes, but I don't think that's the right word. You're like looking at the form and like those specific and like the moves that you made, but it's not as much as like, like the breakdown is more serving like, how did that move add to like play the game or like justify the game or whatever the move was. Because everything is so subjective, it's like, it really is more like, did it fit what had been established in the scene? And more just like, it's it's less like, was that a funny moment? Because mm-hmm. like, 
there's yeah there's lots of moments that like make people laugh and they don't really know why but like improv is like doing those things on purpose because like you know the structure of what makes a funny pattern i guess yeah wow that was long-winded <laughs> I, th- I think you're on to something there though and i think like <laughs> like you said about sort of like the the team end of things and, and how you're saying like it's easy to get into but like hard to master that's kind of the awakening from like taking classes to being on a team or whatever because when you take classes it's like all these weeks hours and hours of like bonding with just like this group of people and then mm-hmm. going out onto teams where it's like new people and it's not hours and hours of hanging out it's like oh like this is where like I really have to develop both as an improviser but also like these relationships matter because like they don't happen as quickly and organically as like a classroom relationship does Mm -hmm. so like just like getting to like understand the other people I mean I'm sure like really good improvisers can just get on a stage with a stranger I mean I've seen that in like workshops and stuff and it's like oh this person's here to teach and then they'll just like kill it even though they don't know anyone there (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah that's like the benefit of that like shared language I know that this person probably knows what yes and means so I'm going to do this and trust that they will say yes to it and then add to it. And yeah, it does. I think it does take a long time to like trust strangers to do that (laughs) and not feel like you have to like control every moment because you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. It's like the confidence from doing it a long time is kind of just like letting go and trusting the other person a little bit, which is, it's tough when they, when you don't know them. Do you feel with music is that easier or harder? Because I've seen, I've always been fascinated, like, if you're, like, at a party or something and people just start jamming. And I'm like, oh, that's cool that, like, people who don't know each <laughs> other at all can just play music together. And I've seen, like, Rockstar go Supernova, which you're in. I've seen a lot of iterations of different people doing that show. So I imagine that kind of is a change up from time to time. Yeah, that, I mean, that show in particular is so weird and i don't really know anything like it but it is similar to like actually being in a band in that well (laughs) we all have different like music theory levels of knowledge we kind of just we we kind of just all know enough to like make it work but there's definitely a lot of times when like stuff doesn't come across musically and probably the same with like just parties when people jam like you kind of have to like play to like the person with the least amount of music theory knowledge so that Mm -hmm. they can, so they know what's going on and then build from there. (laughs) So it might just be as easy as like, we're going to keep these chords really simple and repeat the same chords, but then a higher level up, someone might be able to just hear the chords and like play a melody over them because they can hear what key it's in or like figure out what key it's in. I think it's super similar to like, all these other things we're talking about because it's like you internalize a lot of stuff naturally and then you like learn specific skills intentionally and then all of that is like in your toolbox so like when you come into the situation you're like oh i have the tools to like participate in this (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it's just like a more specific niche version of that i guess (laughs) like a comedy show with a band in it i don't know yeah i do think that one's pretty unique i described it to someone 
who I was like friends with in college that I saw at a party because they were like, what's the Harrisburg improv scene like? And I was like, I don't know. They're like, do they do like a lot of avant-garde stuff or like, is it just like pretty traditional? And I'm like, this is the only improv scene I've ever been exposed to. So I have no idea. <laughs> but I described that. I was like, I don't know. Sometimes there's musical stuff. <laughs> and I described that and he was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> we should do more weird stuff. I think there used to be more weird stuff when like in the early days when like everything was basically an experiment, <laughs> but it's hard because that's an, that's an interesting point because I feel like so far we've talked about like stuff that you can practice over and over because the intention is like to have the show be consistently enjoyable to watch so that mm -hmm. people come back, you know, but there is something to be said for like trying something weird and finding something new from that experiment like and a lot of the times that happens in practice and not on stage but it's cool and you get the opportunity to be weird on stage in front of people and like have them go along on the journey too yeah I love in writing I consider myself like if I had to like try to pin down a style at least like my prose writing to be like surrealist and I love watching things that are surreal like for instance like your last mm. vid jam film like i loved that i was like <laughs> i love the vibe i love just like i being uncomfortable or just like not knowing or absurdity i think i see that a lot in not american sketch comedy but sketch comedy from outside of america i feel like you see a lot of <laughs> that absurdity or just like we're just gonna throw Is something you're thinking weird. of um i was trying to think of the name what are those the is it auntie donna you know, oh yeah yeah. they're yeah. australian or yeah New Zealand I've seen that show. stuff like i mean there is american stuff i guess that's comparable to that i think you should leave i guess is probably <laughs> yes yeah the weirdest one from america <laughs> yeah maybe not the weirdest but like it's pretty pretty absurd yeah oh my gosh we were just watching this show called Cake. I'm pretty sure it's an adult swim show. So I'm sure it's like, I just sound like an alien because I don't know what it is. <laughs> but to me, I was like, what is this fascinating new thing? And there's like seven seasons of it. <laughs> but it, it had. What's it called? Cake? Cake. Yeah. And it's just like a lot of just there. Some of some of the scenes were like a continuous storyline, but like interrupted with a lot of just different sketches and vignettes some of it was music but it was all just like pretty weird and i loved it that's cool i definitely yeah. am drawn to like that kind of animation well i don't know if it's animation but some of it was a lot yeah. of it was live i remember when i fell in love with like adventure time and like steven universe and like that era of cartoon i think it's similar to like what i like about improv because it's like grounded real relationships between characters and then on top of that there's just like weird stuff going on around them all the time yeah like really strange silly stuff and it's like to me it works because they have those relationships and like the world is the world feels grounded and real even if it's like constantly absurd there's like a like a logic to it somehow <laughs> yeah have you watched Midnight Gospel? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think yeah, that, that one's, one's interesting. It's it's just the podcast that already exists being animated. Like so it's like these conversations that were just very real world grounded conversations just placed yeah. in that crazy sort of what's going on world. Yeah, but then they also like had them record a couple like audio lines, like an like dialogue lines too sometimes where they like weren't part of the podcast but they just had them say like oh take this knife out of me or whatever it was like yeah <laughs> they're just like just for the show part which i thought was fun yeah because everything else was like very clearly just a regular interview <laughs> <laughs> if you could like design your own show i mean obviously there's like leeway at, in harrisburg at the improv theater at least to like come up with an idea and submit that but like if you could design like your whole own like dream just your vibe sort of show what would you do <laughs> like a live show or yeah that's a very uh... on the spot question i apologize <laughs> <laughs> i'm kind of working on it we haven't gotten very far but i've i really want to produce like a late night talk show variety show type of thing i've been talking with john thompson in particular who's another improviser at the hit about like finding a space whether that's the hit or a bar or wherever we can find people that are willing to host it and then basically do like a like a more absurd conan o'brien show like a a late night talk show but like make make theater out of it kind of mm-hmm. that's kind of how i think about it so we're working on that and like hopefully can pilot that in the next couple months somewhere that's a really um, cool idea i actually emailed west shore theater a few months ago about the idea of doing like a variety show not not um, as much like that just like having like a mix of like music and comedy like just thinking about things mm. like you know like laughing or just like any of those old school things but just yeah more like hey like rotating more just like a sh- recurring night where people of more than one type of genre come out and do stuff i never heard back about that but (laughs) (laughs) obviously i didn't didn't pursue it enough to uh, make it a thing but i feel like there's like that would be a good place for that because they seem to be doing a lot of cool local stuff lately yeah i i would like to think that they would uh be open to that kind of thing and i don't know i hate the feeling of like I just need someone to trust me. I know I can do this thing if they could just yeah. <laughs> let me do it sight unseen. You know, how, why, why is that such a big deal? Yeah. <laughs> just trust me. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel all the time. Yeah, I hear that. Me one I feel... chance to do it. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, that's, like with the variety show idea, I was like, oh, like really that's just like, I'm just suggesting like booking different things because then it's not really like on me, you know, <laughs> like whatever I might say as like a host is on me, <laughs> but not actually, but you're right. What you're suggesting. Minimizing you actually... your involvement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do yeah. think that that's like, I don't know. I feel like that's coming out more in this area. It's like art school vibes, you know, like if if you're in certain (laughs) cities and places, like there are places where it's like, yeah, you'll let me give this a weird shot. Like, but Harrisburg's not like rife with like 
coffee houses where people are like doing like naked performance art and stuff like that you know not as much (laughs) as there should be (laughs) yeah yeah there's no we need more people to let be like i'm gonna be your incubator like yeah and i feel like i that's what i thought the hit was gonna be and it's kind of it can be but it's it's kind of narrowed its focus to be mainly friday saturday shows type of place the improv shows but there's definitely potential there and in other spaces for like a lot of really interesting things to be happening and that's why a lot of people i know are like dreaming of like having their own spaces because it's like in our minds it's like that would solve everything (laughs) if i just had my own (laughs) venue be set for life yeah i think about that it's like a nightmare to run any of these places (laughs) yeah because like the part where you get money is like oh (laughs) like i need to sell something too besides just i mean the hit actually i guess that is a pretty good model because they i mean you could get a snack there but in general yeah they're not like they're not advertising as like a bar or coffee like that's not what they are so like they can really focus on just the stuff but i would imagine it's pretty hard to make to keep something alive without having to you know at some point like (laughs) offer concessions (laughs) or something yeah i think mixed use is like the model just like have the space and then fill it with different things all the time like whether that's coffee or whatever the like mainstay thing bringing revenue in it is but then just like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what works all yeah. like all the other times i don't know you should start a nonprofit <laughs> and then find a space it, to put it in if i had the right collaborators because i probably don't want to do all the form filling out <laughs> <laughs> but fair <laughs> i could try even if there was someone just like sitting next to me i could probably be motivated to do it <laughs> if you ever need i'll come sit next to you i am a okay. form i love organizing data it's like yeah so we'd be perfect I love it because that's the last thing i want to do <laughs> i can't even up i can't even update my resume without like forcing myself to sit down oh my god that's like my dream i, I love <laughs> love organizing stuff Oh my goodness. I think something's happening, folks, listeners. <laughs> something big's being built right now. It's it's there's a it's lot of potential happening. there. Speaking of that kind of thing, are you going to be doing fringe this year? Uh yeah. I once again my issue is like I just don't know what to do out of all the things I want to do. I think I'm gonna like finally finish like a longer form play because i've written a lot of sketch over the pandemic but which i also haven't produced so i'm like well i guess i could do a sketch show but i wanted to do something longer form like full-length play for a while so i might use this as the way to like motivate myself to work on that for an extended period of time and go in that direction but i'll probably also do improv in some way like i'm just gonna say yes to everything probably when it comes to the fringe. 
whatever happens is okay i like that uh, that approach I'm excited about the whole vibe yeah i think it's super but, cool that they're starting that are you gonna submit something i think so yeah specific? I, in the french in the in a day we tried to do like a basically a live live advice column oh right i caught ask, a little bit of that yeah there's like the idea was like a mix of just like intuitive psychic type responses and <laughs> just practical advice, which is honestly what most intuitive exchanges are anyway. Like if you pay a psychic, like, of course, they might have some sort of insight. But when it comes down to brass tacks, like a lot of what you're talking about is just like making decisions in life. <laughs> so I don't know. I think there's something there. I think it was pretty fun to do, but there wasn't like yeah. a big crowd. So there weren't a lot of questions. <laughs> um, yeah, that was kind of the, <laughs> the, the layout of that day was so strange because there was like another live thing happening over at the market space. Like you could hear music over there. Yeah. It was just like a stage in the corner in front of this giant field, like near nothing else. <laughs> So, and it was right no next one just to the, stopping to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next to the, the kids', kids tent. So it's like, oh no. <laughs> Let's keep this PG, yeah. everyone. Yeah, there was there was a comic after my show there that was like doing all these blue, like kind of toxic male punchlines, and like. <laughs> Everyone was just like, oh, my God, this person is committing to this show right here next <laughs> to the kids table. Yeah, uh, that that day was really awesome. It was just certain certain things were funny. Yeah. The way they played out. I was telling Christian, he's been playing with his band from high school to prepare for like one of them got married and they're just going to have like a, a big thing where they play together again. And I was saying they should play at Fringe and write letters to their high school selves and, like, intersperse, like, what they're – because, you know, if they just played as a band, that's not, like, very (laughs) fringy, right? (laughs) Like, you should, like, intersperse it with, like, messages to yourself in high school. Because I found their, like, high school – some project that just had, like, quotes. And it's just so funny to read. Teenagers are so cynical, or at least – their their class was at that time was all just like very you know bitter like system of a down quotes and stuff and like I just think it's funny because you think that as you age maybe you'd become more cynical but I feel like all the letters would just be like hey cheer up (laughs) (laughs) society may be crumbling but you'll have a better time than you think (laughs) It's not crumbling as fast as you think it is. <laughs> you can still enjoy uh, a cup of tea. That's one thing I love about your social media presence. You've got a lot of great memes that you share about society. I feel like oh, I'm like, oh. Like in my stories or whatever. Yeah, because we don't, <laughs> you and I don't talk a lot, but I'm like, I know we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. She's she's on my on my radar. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have a lot of cynicism, but I try to 
try to channel it into you know absurdity rather than nihilism yeah and you brighten the world with laughter and music <laughs> if that's what comes from it then i'm that's great i'm glad <laughs> that that's the case and i'm super glad like everyone in the fringe organization is are really cool people and i'm there is good stuff happening i'm glad that that's like people with like the drive to do it are finally doing it because uh i had been part of like a push for a harrisburg fringe like years back i don't know in like 20 like 14 or 15 i think and it just mm -hmm. never came together but now there's like experienced theater producers running it so i'm like i'm i'm excited for them bringing that amount of experience to that kind of organization because i think you I think you need it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And they're they're bringing the right skill set, so I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, I agree with you 100. I'm like such an idea. Like I get like so excited, and I'm like, let's do this. And then like that's always where things kind of where the rubber meets the road. It's finding other people who want to do it, who know what to do. Because like. One person only has so many of the skill sets and it's like, unless you get the right group of people, then it just fizzles out. Yeah. I've become a big believer in collaboration, almost always being superior to solo. So anytime you see me working solo, it's because I haven't found the right collaborator. <laughs> I'm solo against my will. <laughs> I, that's a hard balance to strike. My like motto last year was stop dragging horses to water that they're not going to drink because I felt like <laughs> right. like at work, I was just like always trying to like organize, trying to get people to be like, oh, like, well, let's like work on fixing this HR policy or <laughs> and then it's just like, yeah. you know, you can put a lot of effort into things, but if people aren't interested, they're just not going to be interested. Um Right. Yeah, you can't force it. So, like striking you have to that be balance. Already excited about it. Yeah, yeah, like how do you get collaborators? I wish I knew. <laughs> this might be it. We might be finding collaborators in We're each other right only, now. <laughs> our only collaborators. <laughs> I think it really is just like just connecting with people, trial and error, <laughs> until something happens. There's yeah. Like no formula or strategy really and you'd think that like having the internet would like connect you to an infinite number of collaborators but that's never happened to me no me either no one's ever heard a song that i've posted on instagram and been like oh i i'm are you looking for bandmates <laughs> like no one <laughs> that's never happened um but I did, I am starting to play music with someone I met recently who was out in, in California, which you really too, you were out there for a little bit and they're back in the area. I just happened to see a post like looking for musicians and I actually think like we have a pretty good vibe playing together. So we'll probably do it more. Oh, but that's just, awesome. It's definitely the first time that's ever worked out that way. <laughs> so that's cool, I guess. That is cool. I find in my mind, the assumptions that I make when it comes to music is like, 
that has to be tough because I imagine so many of the people looking to start a band are people who have like front person vibes. And then it's like, <laughs> you know, just like a million people on Instagram, like who wants to be a, <laughs> in my band <laughs> instead yeah, of like conflicting who wants visions. To, yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of Beatles vibes where it's like, eh. <laughs> too many cooks in this kitchen. <laughs> Sometimes it can be, as long as you still have like an outlet for your vision, I don't mind like, like just serving someone else's song or whatever. If it's like, if I believe in it, cause I think it's good on my own without it being like forced on me, like, yeah, then I'll probably want to be part of it. I feel like when I've been in those situations, I also had another project where it was like my ideas at the forefront. So it's, it's a balance, but I really, I truly do believe in like the power of collaboration. So I'm, I'm pretty open to it now. That's the capacity that I met you the first time in where you right. and oh, yeah, yeah. Christian were both, both in that vibe of being like supporting of uh, someone else's creative vision right and which was sometimes good sometimes not yeah <laughs> but <laughs> i'm i think i'm actually in a better like i'm cool with those people now like i think i was tense for a while but now we just like support each other's music again and stuff it's nice that's really nice i wanted to go to that show that you played at at um in new cumberland mm. Mm-hmm. I think someone was sick. I forget why I didn't. But I haven't. Yeah, I haven't a lot seen going on there. this iteration of that band play. Right. Seen them as people <laughs> socially. Right. I just haven't seen them play out. Yeah, it's it's cool. There is like a lot of good work being created in the area. Yeah. It's cool to be part of it to completely switch well not completely switch tracks but i wanted to ask you about sketch because i Um, really enjoyed i never say the right number of sketches but sketchy sketch 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 (laughs) sketchy sketch sketch show okay (laughs) i really enjoyed that and i also felt like that was a really good training ground improv style in terms of being able to articulate like what you do in improv mm-hmm. like articulating the game and like just being able to do the editing and the breakdown that's like harder to do with a, a live show that just like happened and it's gone but like a, when you have these like sketch documents you do to get to do that like editing and the breakdown and like oh why is this funny and how can we change it so I really enjoyed listening to your insight on that that's not a question <laughs> do you have any thoughts on well, sketch i guess <laughs> uh yeah i think i had a similar experience because my first experience writing sketch was an improv to sketch class years and years ago that paul one of the hit co-founders taught where we would do it like we would create like the idea of like juxtaposing two things together or like whatever technique we used to create like the game idea and then we would just improvise that scene but then like nail it down like as we went like okay let's keep that's that's a really funny beat keep that moment let's figure out what to do here and like 
so the writing came from the improv skill. So I already had them kind of like connected in my head, but then when I started writing more seriously over the pandemic and was like focusing more on like screenwriting technique and stuff along with the game stuff, I was like, it was kind of replacing improv because we were closed during that time. So I was, I, f I did feel like I was working the same muscle. <laughs> so all that to say, I guess I'm, I'm relating to what you said, but like <laughs> it, it is like the same, you are like practicing, like creating those patterns and you can like the ability to edit and like make it like surgical is, can be really powerful and fun to play with. <sighs> I felt like I was approaching a point and I just don't know what it is now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. Know. <laughs> uh that that show was i mean i miss that show and i miss that collaboration it doesn't it doesn't look like it's coming back but i wonder i would like to teach sketch again and and write more with people but yeah don't think it's happening <laughs> i'm excited i'm finishing up a class that i've been taking for a while soon so i'm like oh now now i'll have like I'll be able to justify taking another improv class or sketch or some, some, some sort of comedy related class mm. when I'm not spending that one night a week on that class. This kind of stuff that makes me like, oh, I wish I'd gone to like undergrad for this when <sighs> I could justify spending all my time learning <laughs> instead of now where it's like, eh, you can have one day to learn. <laughs> yeah kind of a regret of mine that I it took me so long to figure out what I actually cared about and wanted to do yeah do you did you get into like film stuff from that time period of like working on sketch or did you do dramatic type stuff before that because like you're like like the jam for instance like the horror one wasn't like comedic necessarily I didn't do film in any way where I was like where it was like something I really felt like I was pursuing until, I mean, it was probably vid jam that like gave us the like tools and the structure to be like, just make a film and just like find your filmmaking voice over these 48 hours. And I'm trying to think of the timeline. If like, if I bought a camera before the first time I was part of a vid jam or after I don't, cause there was other sketch shoots where we used like other people's, cameras at the hit and that may have been like around the same time as vid jam was getting started but I, i've always written stories so like i didn't feel like i never felt like in vid jam that it needed to be a sketch or like a specific comedy structure i think when i don't know what to do with with a vid jam sometimes i like lean on a sketch structure as like a starting place but ultimately i i just like telling different stories and like the time limit suits the way my brain works because it's I like to do a lot of things in like a set amount of time mm -hmm. I like having those quick deadlines that like force me to not overthink and just get it out mm -hmm. I think all these different like media I like might stumble into them from one direction or another but then they kind of become their own thing too it's just like oh that's another set of skills that I'm trying to wrangle together yeah I feel like that's something like VidJam so empowering to say like, oh, like you can just do this 
and also yeah. I think like, you, like be... you've seen movies, you you know what this kind of shot is supposed to make you feel like. Yeah, internalized. It's like the same with all the other stuff. I think. Yeah, yeah full circle to the music. Yeah, yeah, that it's just it's in you, and also like the ability to claim the authority in like your x many years of like experience on earth or like applying like i don't know i've found like like i am 100 percent a novice in improv and comedy in any in any fashion but like when i realized like oh but you you did study like you've been doing writing forever yeah. and like this is like you're not you have some sense <laughs> of how to construct things like that you're like you can do this. Like you, this is, yeah. Like wrangling a new skill set. Yeah. I get intimidated with not intimidated by young people because I know very well how much they have to learn, <laughs> but it is wild how much like with the internet, they're just like crazy experts at everything. And you're like, Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, every 15 year old's like a professional makeup artist. And like, <laughs> Well, <laughs> taught yeah. themselves how to play 400 songs on the guitar <laughs> yeah there's like almost like a subculture of just being like like making yourself into a i can't think of the word <laughs> you know like a highly skilled person <laughs> like yeah it's like a culture of like making yourself into that on the yeah that certain people get into like guitar players it's like this is me two years ago they're struggling and this is me now and it's like like the crazy tapping both hands like incredible skill playing i i don't know how to specialize that that seriously and only do that i'm I'm just constantly getting bucked around to different things that i want to do sometimes i i'm like is it bad that i'm not focusing on getting good at one thing i don't know yeah i think some of it has to be just like like a willingness to tunnel vision into a screen because like that's how you're learning it right it's <laughs> like you're just yeah, so. on the internet doing that the teenagers in my life that's very much more feels like like a room they can go in like where they're just like oh I can just be in the internet today whereas for me I'm like very much more like well that's like a a thing I could do for a few minutes but like I've no, like that would be a really intense way to spend my day. It's just like learning something from 5,000 videos all day, one-on-one -on -one with the yeah. internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely am more likely to do that when I'm specifically already doing the thing. And I'm like, I have to look up how to do this in this editing program. Yeah. So, so I'll watch these videos to figure that out. But I might not necessarily watch them just for fun uh all the time yeah I th i'm sure some of it's just like that like nativism that they talk about like digital nativism which as millennials yeah. i guess we're considered digital natives but i don't there seems to be something like more immersive about but it's probably because of the phone because <laughs> when i was young like that just wasn't an option to be looking at it all the time. Whereas right. now, obviously it, it is. Yeah. And there, I have seen TikToks that like the TikTok was showing you how to do a specific skill. Like this is how you mix a vocal. <laughs> and just watching them do it made me want to 
work on something. So like, I think it does carry that benefit of like, you see other people doing it and it makes it accessible. So you feel like, oh, I could do that. And so like, you could understand how someone would want to become a filmmaker because they saw people on TikTok show them that they could do it. Whereas we needed VidJam. <laughs> we needed a whole organization in the real world to be like, it's okay, you can make a film. Yeah. <laughs> and now that's just part of their lives is like editing video on their phone. Like just, they just all know how to do that. So, I mean, that's, I think it's cool that it's that accessible. Yeah, um, especially when someone has like a, a voice, an idea to have like access to that technical ability. I guess the ones who break out of TikTok and become like something we've all heard of are the ones who have that plus inspiration, or whatever. But it's also like ruined creativity in other ways because it's like now all creativity has to come in this certain TikTok form or no one will ever see it. <laughs> like like you could record a beautiful album by yourself, but if you didn't make TikToks out of it, you would never like no one will ever hear it. <laughs> it's that's that can be frustrating. And the fact that like I mean like I've seen comedians who were like successful professional comedians before TikTok existed long before you know like 15 20 years ago and that's like they have to adjust their orientation to the world to produce content for that even though it's like yeah they'll never get any younger fans until they yeah (laughs) appear in their world yeah i love that like this is almost a total non sequitur but I kind of just want to know your thoughts on this as an artistic person. But you know, like some bands, it's like the demographic for what they attract doesn't change. So they somehow Mm -hmm. get to like remain popular forever, but it's always new people. Like it's just an age that they kind of service rather than like them aging with their music. Like my two examples Mm -hmm. of that are that like, Somehow there's like throngs of teenagers who are into Weezer and throngs and <laughs> throngs of teenagers yeah. who are into Disturbed, two very different bands, but both like somehow it's like they're just, <laughs> they hit that sweet spot and it's like, <laughs> for whatever reason, just generation after generation, like hits their age where they're like, this is my Disturbed age. <laughs> this is my Weezer age. Yeah. I didn't know Disturbed was hitting again. <laughs> That's no, I think they never stopped. It's just you have to be the right age. Oh. Uh, I guess that's true. It's well, like they the, also had that big cover song. The Simon and Garfunkel Simon song. Garfunkel. Yeah. That was like I love to play that hit. just to make Christian mad. <laughs> a huge hit. Uh so that was like what made me continue to be aware of them was that I knew that they'd done that. And that's like all I ever saw was like videos of them doing that on talk shows. But yeah, that's wild that I wonder what other bands are like quietly coming up again in the earlier generation. Because <laughs> like so many of them know like Counting Crows because of Shrek or like Hallelujah oh, yeah. because of Shrek. Yeah. And like I know them from the radio as a child. <laughs> uh, but I like accept, I love Counting Crows still and I accept that people know them from other things and that's okay. (laughs) I wonder what other, I wonder what other bands are like that. I have to imagine. I mean, my kids granted 
we just kind of play the music that we were going to listen to anyway around them. But like, <laughs> they'll hear something and be like, this kind of reminds me of Red Hot Chili Peppers or whatever. <laughs> They've heard enough yeah. of that for that to be like relevant and they're still putting out new stuff. But I imagine most okay. kids who get into that are probably like, it's their parents' music. <laughs> like yeah, how like, kids when we were kids, like played. the wall was like your parents' music. <laughs> Yeah, we listen to the same, like, Beatles tapes on every trip. It makes me wonder if, like, are the Beatles still, like, do kids still know the Beatles? I feel or like is they it, must. Like, are millennials, like, the oldest age? That That's a them? good Or question. the youngest, I mean. We sing my kids Blackbird at night, but mm. specifically that started because of the movie Boss Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Where that Alec Baldwin is, the is most like ridiculous a Wall Street baby. <laughs> statement I've ever heard. They know Blackbird because of Boss Baby? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Oh, wow. I guess, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that answers my question of like, people only know Hallelujah because of Shrek. I guess it makes sense that they know Blackbird because of Boss Baby. <laughs> And what, what what other references that were, like, there for adults are, like, kids? Like, that's their only reference point now from a song. That's interesting. Yeah. It's hard not to, like, be a little gatekeepy when you hear stuff like that. <laughs> like, like, no, just listen to the Beatles album. Yeah. You're doing it wrong. You're, you're listening to the Beatles wrong. <laughs> it's funny because, like, kids, my kids have pretty good taste but then certain things they're like so eye-rolling and it's like you one day you're gonna realize how cool I am I think like <laughs> my kids hate David Bowie just on like the basis that it's my favorite thing they're just like mom no <laughs> um, one day you're gonna find out that David Bowie is the shit yeah and they like stuff that we cringe at because of the time in our lives when it happened but they think it's cool because it's like back in style yeah like like there's so much like like kids go thrift shopping and look for y2k styles like we looked for like 80s or 70s vintage yeah you know what i mean or like maybe not, like we might look for 90s stuff now when mm -hmm. we go thrifting but they're like specifically looking for like the goofy like y2k bright colors and like low-rise jeans and like all that kind of <laughs> like that's the fun vintage for them which is wild to me it is weird some of it just like is just You're categorically unappealing <laughs> right i think that's why they like it <laughs> <laughs> my sister-in-law like... is only she's 17 she made me a really cool playlist recently, but it was like the one song where it's just like, what? <laughs> she, she put <laughs> Limp Bizkit, My Way or the Highway, oh, that no. one. And I was like, how did oh this trickle out into the new generation? <laughs> wow. Yeah. How did you find out about it's this? All, it's all coming back and they're, they're seeing it with fresh eyes and they're so excited about it. And yeah. like, I remember when people were excited about Limp Bizkit and it's really like there was a time when I thought they were cool. So like 
I think it's just like the passage of time that makes it like cringy or yeah, like it became cool to like hate on Nickelback and I still kind of hate Nickelback, but like when they first came out, I was like, oh, it's cool that there's a rock band that's popular again because it was like all pseudo hip hop at the time in like the top 10. And I was like, oh, it's cool. There's another like rock band making it big. Yeah, so and I'll just, stand like, by. Yeah, this is how do you remind me? It's not a bad song. No, I don't think so. I mean, I all mean, they had a couple old. songs that were basically the same song too. But yeah, <laughs> I guess most bands probably have that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like partly just like when things become so big that when things are like oversaturated, it's hard to keep liking them in the same way that you did before. And it's hard, like, I feel like the emotions when you're younger are just so intense. So, like, when you're older, if something is, like, overly, it's, if something's, like, dramatic and it's, like, well, I've already, I've learned how to put a lid on my feelings so that, like, <laughs> screaming my way or the highway at someone doesn't seem like an appropriate response to anything. <laughs> But when you're young, it's like, yes, I'm angry, or like, yes, I'm very sad. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're at like the peak of your emotional states. Yeah, like every emotion is like the peak emotion. So, yeah, and every minute is like yeah. the last minute there will ever be. <laughs> yeah, Counting Crows was sad. Limp Bizkit was angry. Christina Aguilera was happy. <laughs> like. Yeah, every big emotion represented. Yeah. I do for real want to collaborate, even if you just want somebody to sit there and help you fill out a form or something. But... <laughs> <laughs> I like no, the I idea need... of making like more like absurd or surreal or strange things. Because that's what I gravitate towards. So yeah, to do that. I just need people to like commit to... Like, we're going to build stuff together and we're committed to that. That's that kind of, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Well, I'm glad we've, we were able to make this work finally. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. It was nice to talk to you. You too. I've got it bad like a bunny but i'm cute so it suits you decided you want me pulled me up by the roots when you first brought me home i heard a hallelujah chorus now i'm falling in love how do people endure this Cause we met in the summer and we fell in the fall Turns out you're a hunter, that's my head on your wall When winter time comes, we will bed down in our burrow Make love until spring, I intend to be thorough If you run out of loving by June I won't blame you till then let's keep 
doing What lovers are supposed to do God never makes a mistake And I almost believe it When I kiss your face I know love never lasted before But it's been two years How about twenty-five more If it ends might kill us, I guess But we've already made such a beautiful mess When things got harder That's how I knew Cause you helped me through it And I helped you too we just keep on doing What lovers are supposed to do Let's never stop doing What lovers are supposed to do